0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Talks News Podcast. This episode, we're talking about college loans you know there's almost 1.75 trillion that's trillion with a t an outstanding student loan debt in the united states people of all ages and walks of life are impacted by student loan debt in fact you might be surprised to learn that 22 percent of that debt is owed by people 50 years and older well no matter your age student loan forgiveness is now on the table the biden administration recently announced a program to forgive up to twenty thousand dollars in debt for borrowers today we're going to talk about who qualifies for that loan forgiveness program and what you need to do to claim your slice of that forgiveness pie. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. I'm so excited today. Do I sound excited? I'm feeling excited. You sound thrilled. You sound thrilled. (laughs) Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Sorry.
1: I'm (laughs) muted. I didn't realize I was muted. (laughs) I said I'm so glad college is over.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, today's special guest is Robert Farrington, a student loan expert and founder of The College Investor. Robert, we are delighted to have you with us today. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. Because, you, you know, this college loan thing, first of all, is of no interest to me. I'm 67 years old. I never had college loans. Uh, but I know it's of interest to lots of other people, but it's very complicated. So I'm glad you're here to explain it all to us. They don't make it
2: easy, that's for sure. <laughs> they really don't.
0: Uh, before we start, folks, remember one thing, that we don't give financial advice on this podcast. Make sure you do your own research, consult your own experts, do whatever you need to do before acting on anything that you may learn in this podcast. Okay, let's get started. And Miranda... Because you you just got out of college twenty minutes ago you're you're twenty (laughs) two years old Uh, would you mind go go ahead and start this off
1: with Robert let's do this (laughs) so uh, anyway yeah so let's go ahead and get started here so let's start with this loan forgiveness package Robert what is what what are the basics what is in this package.
2: Absolutely. So President Biden announced that you can get up to $20,000 in student loan forgiveness if you meet certain income requirements. And of course, there's a lot of asterisks involved in that. So to get the $20,000, you have to have received a Pell Grant when you went to college. You have to make uh, less than $125,000 a year as a single person, uh, $250,000 as a married couple. Oh, Otherwise, just a second.
1: Oh, just a second. I, I got and a head of household. household. Couple. <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> Not, about this head of household thing. Uh, uh, it doesn't you are happen. One. Yes, it doesn't happen very much that head of household gets a little bit of love in these things. Usually we're either lumped in with the the individuals or some sort of differences split. So I just had to interrupt you and say, hey, if you are head of household, if you're a single parent and you're a head of household, you're you're in with that two hundred and fifty thousand. So which
2: is awesome. And then of course, if you didn't get a Pell Grant, you are eligible for ten thousand dollars. The asterisk is, of course, that you can't have you can't get more than you have as current student loan debt. So you have to have more than that. And, uh, you know, we have to hope that it goes through. You might have to apply for this. Some people will get it automatically, but I recommend that literally don't take the risk. Go to studentaid.gov, fill out the application when it goes live shortly. You can also (laughs) sign up for alerts to be notified when it goes live so that you don't miss that opportunity window.
1: Uh, and as part of this as well, federal loan repayment uh, that has been paused, it's been paused since uh, since 2020, but those uh, federal loan payments are paused until December 31st, 2022. They say this is the final, 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 final extension. Final. This, is, this is a real extension. This is a real final extension. It's not happening so again wh- after what's this. What's happening
0: with this? Do, wait a minute. Do, by the way, quick question. Does anybody here have student loans?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, you do? I mean, as we speak. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So yeah. Here's so my, here's
0: my question. When they, when they did the, um, the, you know, when you had, didn't have to make payments for the last two years, th- is the interest accruing or not? It's just, it is pro- not. just frozen. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. The
1: interest is not accruing. So my, my student loans are actually not on pause. I have student loans from the old fell program. Uh, I didn't pay them off early because it's a 1.9% interest rate. So I have my money in the market so you're
0: you're eligible for forgiveness then except you make over 250 grand. Uh no, I don't. Uh, but
1: <laughs> no, I'm actually eligible for I did take out some loans for my MBA. I am eligible for forgiveness on those MBA loans. So I think that's a
2: great point though. That's one of the asterisks as well is that you mm-hmm. have to have the right loan type. So yes. to make matters more complicated, you have to have a direct student loan. Uh, which basically is any loan taken out after 2010. So if you have a student loan that you took out after 2010, you're probably good to go here. But if you have one of these earlier loans like Miranda does, uh, an FFEL loan or potentially a Perkins loan, um, you are not eligible unless you consolidate today into a new direct student loan.
0: So you would advise people to do that, I would assume. Most people should. I mean, honestly, it's one of these things.
2: No, everyone should have done this in 2010. There was no reason to keep these fell loans. Miranda and I have chatted about this. But at the same token, um, there were some perks like the low interest rates. Today, though, you've lost out on all these potential forgiveness programs. You lose out on those things unless you consolidate into a direct loan.
1: And I was never eligible for any of the other forgiveness or the programs. So I just didn't care.
0: Did did I understand Robert that you you said that this isn't even a done, I mean, no one, you're not supposed to do this yet. Is that true? Well, so
2: Biden is doing this by executive order and it could be challenged. Um, They are very, they are rushing to make sure that this goes into effect before any challenges are. So if you are a borrower today, You should plan on taking action. Like, do not pass this up. Do not fret about it. But no, unless your balance gets $10,000 taken off of it, it is not a done deal yet. Um, I do think that there's a lot of politics involved that could derail it. But on the flip side, I think it's still 90% likely to go through at
0: this point in time. Well, and let's be clear, too, for our listeners or viewers, this this is September the 15th of 2022. So, again, just to be clear, Robert, because I'm not that clear— you're you're saying on this day, this, uh, September fifteenth, if I'm a if I'm if I think I may be eligible for loan forgiveness, I'm still sitting on my hands until I know what exactly what to do next. Is that true? Correct, because okay. nothing has happened.
2: No one's getting their loans forgiven as of September fifteenth. The application is supposed to open on October 1st, and they're hoping to have the first balances wiped out within six weeks after that. So mid-November to December timeframe, you know, and that's barring no legal challenges or anything else. So as of today, you're right. I think it's the most stressful time for borrowers because they are hoping that this happens, but there's no action that any individual can take today unless you do have an old FFEL loan that you want to consolidate to make it qualify. At least would, do would you
0: do that now?
2: I would personally, but again, you have to look at the math of your situation okay. and see because you know it might not make sense mathematically. I think for most of these borrowers, it will um ten thousand dollars off your loan and then re amortized even at a lower interest rate. The math should probably work in your favor of you know taking advantage of Biden's program versus keeping that loan.
0: Aaron, you were going to say something. I think I cut you off. No, no, no. I was actually going to ask that same question about oh, okay. uh, the interest rates versus the old loans and then and combining them.
1: Can, so, can we get into? Go ahead. Go ahead, Miranda. Well, I was going to say let's talk about what else is in this package because it's not just student loan forgiveness. And so, what else is going on here? We have new income driven repayment. We've got forgiveness after ten years for certain things. Oh, I didn't there's, know this. Yeah, there's there's other stuff going on. Well, well, I'm going to put a big
2: asterisk on that <laughs> Once one. Once again, that, yes,
1: more asterisks because <laughs>
2: that's that's even more of a proposal than anything else. So, President Biden also announced that he wants to reform the income-driven repayment plans um, based on the proposal that he actually made last year that has been stuck in uh, negotiated rulemaking for years now. So these proposals actually aren't new, um, but President Biden had put it in a press release, and it got a lot of press. So he wants to create a new income-driven repayment plan that will – cap your monthly payment at 5% of your income for certain people. Um, It will also forgive any remaining debt after 10 years versus the current income-driven repayment plans that uh, eliminate your debt after 20 or 25 years. Um, This one is very, very much a proposal, and I don't Mm -hmm. think people should even think about that too much at this point in time because this has also been proposed like almost every year for the last three years and it hasn't gone anywhere
0: interesting i didn't even hear of that now let's can i can i uh, divert for a moment into something more interesting how about the fight over this Um, i was at a party not long ago and i was standing there next to a woman approximately my age and she said how about them giving that money away to these these kids? Well, I, I paid my student loans back, and why can't they pay their student loans back? How come they get a handout? What about people who went to you know, who never went to college? Should they get ten thousand dollars free in the mail? How do you how do you guys respond to that?
2: Well, I, I love I love this Robert, question. I'll, I'll, I'll dive <laughs> into this one. So let's um, talk about I, this, Robert. I truly think it's um, really poor public policy. So this plan does nothing to help. Uh, change the cost of college. It does nothing to help future borrowers. It does. It doesn't fix the system. It doesn't do. It actually isn't even going to help eighty percent of the people that get their student loans forgiven because their monthly payments won't even change. It is. It is really bad. Bad public policy. I'm. So, However, I'm
0: shocked to hear you say this. I thought you'd, but you'd on be the. On flips, the- No, but
2: here's the thing. On the flip side, I'm going to help every American that qualifies get their $10,000 because this is the American way that we do not let the government get any money from us that they do not deserve. (laughs) So, like, I do not begrudge anyone that's getting loan forgiveness. I will help you find it. I will help you qualify for it because... Um, you and I, no one here on this podcast, we didn't write these laws. We have a job to make sure that we get as much money back from the government as we are legally entitled to. And it's very important for these people that are eligible to qualify.
1: And I think too, a good point that keeps being made about this, like, I don't have a huge problem with the student loan forgiveness, uh, trillions more like, well, not trillions, but uh, billions of of dollars were forgiven in PPP loans to plenty of other people. So I'm not going to begrudge people their $10,000. Um, but Robert's point is very good. We don't have a mechanism in place. We're not addressing the root cause of this issue. And and we need to like this is a nice stopgap for some people, but it doesn't get to the root of the Mm -hmm. problem.
2: And I think people forget that, uh, you know, this last fiscal year, so 2021 to 2022, the government lent out ninety three billion dollars in new student loans. So, okay, we forgive three hundred billion dollars today, but we're going to lend out another 90 billion dollars this year, another night like we're going to be back in the same situation in four to five years because we didn't fix the problem. And then I think you get the moral hazard problem, which I spent a lot of time talking to these Gen Zers. I'm on TikTok. A lot of them are like, hey, we're going to borrow as much student loan debt as we can because if they did it once, they'll do it again. And there's no reason why I'm not going to take advantage of my free money. And so we're just making the problems worse. I think this really doesn't make it. I do think that student loan forgiveness though, should be part of the solution as well. Uh, I'm not, definitely not against student loan forgiveness. I think we need to look at programs that currently exist like public service loan forgiveness, things like that. Because I think most Americans um, feel good about the fact that, hey, if you're a teacher in America and you teach for 10 years, yeah, we can forgive your student loans. Like You did something good for all of us. And now we're going to kind of give you a bonus. It's no different than giving a signing bonus to go to work at a company or any kind of other thing. But I think people really do want to see kind of something for something, not just like here's $10,000 kind of as a political tool, which is what we're seeing as this
0: current administration is doing. Yeah, You know what I've always thought was weird? And you guys tell me what you think about this because you you know more about this than I'll ever know. But I've thought about this over the years. It's kind of like imagine um, Cadillac. You know, instead of keeping their prices low, they just make the price of a Cadillac hundred thousand dollars when it could be twenty. Okay, so, but then in order for you to afford it, they give you a, a loan for, at a very low interest rate. And if you default on that loan, the tax, it's on the taxpayers' back, not yours. So rather than uh, than make their car more efficiently, they're making they're just making it easier for you to borrow money and guaranteeing that loan with taxpayer dollars. And that seems to me what's been happening in, in, the, in the education system all this time. Uh, and, it's, and also, they make it so complicated. I've done a million stories on uh, co- financing a college education. And, you know, Aaron, we've shot – Aaron and I worked in television news together. And, and we shot these stories where, you know, you go in and talk to the people in, in charge of what, – what's it called? The financial office that helps you? Um, financial aid office. office yeah. Financial yeah. aid, thank you. And they'd go, well, you know, don't pay attention to the sticker price. Just pay attention, because you know, we're going to get you all kinds of grants and loans, and you know blah blah blah. Well, then why is the sticker price 50,000 dollars? I mean what are you doing? Why are you obfuscating this? And it's the same thing when you're buying a car, you know they're putting on all these extras and blah, blah blah. And the healthcare system too, Not not to get on a soapbox and rant all day, but it just seems to me like what, what you said, Robert, I agree with, is why aren't we, we're, so we're just going to forgive the loan and then, and then let colleges keep jacking up their prices. And, and then and then forgive loans for other people. Or if we don't, then now they're pissed off. Stacey, I think
2: you're spot on is, uh, you know, the more money you pump in through free money into the higher education system, the higher the prices will be. And there's no current controls to stop colleges. So uh, there's a joke that every, every college in America is going to be $10,000 higher in sticker price within the next two years. Yeah. Because there's no reason for them not to, because they know this is going to be fine. They're going to do a little bit the first year and they're going to test the waters. And then when everyone doesn't really do anything different, they'll jack it up again the next year. And within two years, you'll totally offset this forgiveness amount.
0: So basically, we're, we're all saying there's some problems with this loan forgiveness program. And I actually thought that you guys would say that th- it was wonderful. Because you know you are bleeding heart liberals. I don't know about you, Robert, but, but I mean, look at Aaron. He's a hippie. I mean, oh, come on. But, well, I think, but that's
2: the thing is, I think loan forgiveness isn't necessarily the problem. Like I said, I think that you need to do something to earn it. Though this became a political handout versus a tool to improve people's lives on a policy level. Like it doesn't solve any type of policy problem in higher education today.
0: Well, I Ooh. think a lot of this really isn't so much a uh, restructuring of the college education system. I think it's really just another part of the covid relief um was a thirty nine million Americans were in college were, were college that's, dropouts that's in july twenty twenty and only uh nine hundred fifty thousand of them went back in the fall I, That's I a huge that difference so there's and, and a, a big chunk of these people like you said in the beginning of the show or were our age and senior citizens um so I think really this is more, you know, a wrap up of the COVID relief program.
2: Well, and I think that's important to note because that's the law he's using to justify this. So I didn't know that
0: either. President mm-hmm.
2: Biden. So President Biden's using the Heroes Act, which is designed for states of emergency, and the premise of the law is that we never leave an American worse off financially than they were before the emergency and typically this is like a hurricane hurricane hits your house like you can pause your loans things like that but since it's a national state of emergency that's how they justified the payment pause that's how they justified the zero percent interest rate on student loans because the whole premise is let's take a snapshot of everybody in march 2020 and if no interest happens and no payments happen you will not be worse off with your student loans as a result of covid interesting but then he threw in this whole thing but because people were so harmed by COVID, they need $10,000 or $20,000 off their loan. And that's the controversy that I think we're seeing is their justification for it's very iffy, but there's only a few people that could potentially challenge it. And that's why I still put this thing at 90% to happen because there's still a, you know, until people's loans get dollar amounts off of them, there's still the potential for legal yeah. challenges because it's, it's iffy on what he's kind of using as justification for it.
0: Interesting. Okay, guys, hold on. We, we're halfway through the show it means it's time to pay our bills. After this quick commercial break, we're gonna be right back to talk about exactly how we're going to take advantage of this communist loan forgiveness program. <laughs> that was a joke <laughs> when I said that. We, okay, so we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Before we start, I've got to take quick message. If you like what we're doing here, guys, do something for us. Share this show with your friends and family on your favorite social platforms and subscribe to our podcast. It takes you a couple of seconds it really helps us, so please subscribe. Okay, now we are back. Um, before we get back, I want to t- I want to share something interesting that I found in, in the little reading I've done about this topic. Because um, I've always said to people, I went to I went to the University of Arizona. I'm from Georgia, so I was an out of state student. My my uh, the cost for my college was 600 bucks a semester out of state. Now granted, now granted, obviously this was in the 1970s, and there's inflation has taken hold. But can you imagine the difference between? You know, $1,800 a year and and $100,000. I mean, it's just, it's astounding to me. So I was thinking a lot of this, as you heard me rant a little while ago, I was thinking a lot of this is because colleges had no incentive to control their cost. But actually, as it turns out, this is what I learned recently. Since the Reagan administration, less and less of uh, education expenses have been subsidized by the state and federal government. I didn't realize that. I thought this was just college costs going berserk. But actually, as it turns out, the feds used to subsidize state schools and the states subsidize state schools. And they just started withdrawing their financial support. So that's one of the reasons these things got so expensive. And I didn't know that until just now.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And then you look at all the funding sources. So state and federal funding of higher education is nearing all time lows, if not all time lows. But on the flip side, these colleges are also competing so much for customers, which are students, right? And so they're spending fortunes on building stadiums, creating new dorms, building lazy river pools. And then how do you finance that, right? You pass a bond. And then you take that cost and you pass it on to your students. So, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, a college was competitive by having an amazing faculty. And faculty is cheap. You know, you hire a professor for $200,000 a year. You give them a couple like uh, assistants to do their research. You maybe put them in a lab and you're good. Well, today that doesn't cut it. You got to have the amazing dorm. You got to have like the gourmet food court. You got to do all these things and all those costs and expenses to compete for customers Um, is a really big precipice for how we've ended up here in terms of that. Because also, if you notice a lot of where state and federal funding for higher education goes, it goes into the classrooms. Where are all the colleges spending their monies? Not in the classrooms.
0: (laughs) Well, I do think it's a shame, though, Robert, that um, when I was a kid, and, and I may be overstating this because obviously this was so long ago that I took Dinosaur 101 when I was in college. But I remember thinking, like, you, you went to college. College was about getting grades. You had to the grades to get into college. And now, for the last decade or more, it's been money. You know, can't, you can't even afford to go. I mean, there used to be no conversations about, well, how much is a college going to cost versus how much I'm going to earn after I get out? In other words, the return on investment. I mean, not that that was never something, but it was basically you went to college if you made good grades. It wasn't a fact that you wouldn't be able to. I mean, th- like I was told you, 600 bucks a semester. I mean, you can afford that. You know, your parents could afford it. So it wasn't about—it was just about grades, not about money. And now it's—and it seems like that's horrible. I mean, society shouldn't—it shouldn't dictate—money shouldn't dictate how educated you get. And I know there are workarounds, too, but it's just a shame, I think, the way it's the system has devolved the way it has.
2: And you're right. I mean, there's there's ways for college to be free or very low cost. And there's ways to make college, you know, a Cadillac and make it very expensive to go to college. But, you know, I think that ROI conversation is key. Um, I think people really do need to think about it. And I think that's actually the bigger argument of the student loan debate today. Like the reason we have a student loan crisis isn't because there's a lot of student loans out there. It's actually because people aren't getting the ROI on it because if they were if there was higher wages and there was all these things, people would be paying their student loans just fine and it wouldn't be like a, a thing. So there's a bigger macroeconomic issue here um, around higher education student loan debt. And it's not just the fact that there's $1.7 trillion in debt. That's a scary number. But on the flip side, if everyone was earning more because they went to college, it necessarily wouldn't be a problem.
0: Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about the, exactly what we're supposed to do now. Let's do the takeaway on this program. And I realize there may not be one specifically, Robert. But if I'm sitting here uh, with a with a college loan of any kind, uh, tell me exactly what I should do. Yes. So you need to
2: first know what you have. Get organized. Figure out your loan type. Is it direct? Is it FFEL? If it's FFEL, you need to consolidate that to a direct loan if you want to qualify for the $10,000 in loan forgiveness. All right. Part two is you need to go to studentaid.gov and you need to sign up for their email notifications to get notified when the application opens. Or if you're listening to this after October 1st, you need to just go to studentaid.gov and you need to apply for your student loan forgiveness. It's um, so like I said, some people will get it automatically. Don't risk the government automatically doing anything for you. Go apply at studentaid.gov to make sure you get it. And then finally, you need to plan for payments to resume in the new year. Um, Not to say it won't get extended again, but you should be ready to resume payments um, should they be resuming.
1: Yeah. And I think there's also something, uh, if you don't know what kinds of loans you have, You need to go to the National Student Loan Database, the NSLDS. You need to go to the National Student Loan Database, look up what kinds of loans you have. It's also important to note that private loans are not included in this. So if you do have private loans, it's not included. Another thing to keep in mind, uh, we do have, there is a special public service loan forgiveness waiver, and that is available through the end of October of 2020, 2022. And so that's coming up. So- Check and see if you're eligible for that certain FELL loans, certain employment situations, uh, other things that weren't necessarily part of the original PSLF program. There's a special waiver right now that you might uh, be eligible for this PSLF. So you want to get that figured out by the end of October as well.
0: What What do you guys think about, we're almost out of time, but what do you guys think about these organizations that tell you they'll help you with your student loans? You know, you pay them a fee because you know. Just listening to both of you, it's like, God, this is over my head. I'm just, I'm just trying to do, um, make my house smart, you know, and and put it. I put in electric blinds and blah 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 and lights and blah. And it's so confusing to me. I'm like, I have to pay somebody to help me do this. And and I'm not stupid. I mean, I own a website, <laughs> but you know, it's just complicated. And when I hear you guys talk about this college thing, it's the same thing for me. It's like, if this were me, I feel like I would just pay somebody. And there are people out there that will, for a fee. We'll negotiate all this stuff for you. What do you think about that? Do you think you should just buckle down and figure it out yourself, or do you think it makes sense to pay somebody? No, nah, no, no.
2: <laughs> the answer is the answer is the answer is the only circumstance where you would want to pay someone for help with your student loans is if you're using a financial planner and you're doing it as part of your whole entire financial picture, because there's a lot of levers you can pull in terms of dealing with your student loan debt. But you can't just do it by itself. So if you want to talk to a financial planner, go find a CFP, go find a real financial planner. And student loans should be part of that equation for you. Um, A lot of these companies that are out there, a lot of people are getting text messages, emails, voicemails. Those are scams. The Department of Education, your loan servicer, they're not going to call you. And they're definitely not going to make you pay a fee to get this done. So, you know, I like to rag on the government a lot, but studentaid.gov is actually a really good website to figure out your loans, to figure out your repayment plans. And of course, it's free. Um, You know, these loan servicers, we like to rag on them as well, but they can help you navigate this. So call your loan servicer. I would encourage you to have a little grace and patience when you call them as well. So if the president were to announce something, you know, give them a week to communicate that message to their call center. Don't call like five minutes after the announcement and like assume that the poor worker there is gonna know how to help you. Like, Give them a little grace, realize it's a call center and realize things are moving fast. Um, But at the same time, no action is required so quickly that you need to move so fast. So um, call your loan servicer, it's free. Go to studentaid.gov, it's free.
0: I'm glad I asked you that because I, I didn't even think of this. But of course, the cockroaches are going to be coming out uh, for for this this loan forgiveness program because it's complicated and because they're going to be able to pull the wool over people's eyes.
1: Yep. I already I already have several friends who have messaged me and said, "Is this legit?" Like to something that they've received they're they're like oh i saw this ad should i do this is this legit i know there's forgiveness i'm like that is not legit and then i point them to robert's website where i say here is some reliable free information for you and and what
0: a great transition to take us to the end of our show because we're just about to promote robert's website Uh, okay folks we are out of time we are never however out of a topic dig deeper you're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes and remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is mirandamarquit.com. Marquit, and of course, you want to visit Robert at his website. That's thecollegeinvestor.com. thecollegeinvestor.com. If you have got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And I'm going to say this one more time. If you like what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Only takes you a couple seconds. Really helps us and makes our parents proud too. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. And I'm Robert Farrington. Thanks for hanging out with us, Robert. And we're going to see all of you folks next time.